previously on Survivor. You know, I thought about it. I was like, do I risk being an easy first round kill or do I pick something that I know that people will like more? Unfortunately, tonight during this Survivor session, I have to vote off Samir. My vote is for Samir. Samir, I vote to eliminate you. So I will be casting my vote for Memories of a Murder. Three, two, one, reveal. Oh, I forgot to write Oh my god. I forgot the whole backwards aspect of it. Job is spoken. Fifteen are left. Who will be the next to go? Hello and welcome to the It's All Film and Games podcast. I am Corey. Alongside me is Sam, Samir, and Dane. This is part two of a three-part series we're doing. We're calling it our Cinematic Survivor Series. I am the sort of Jeff Probst of the night. Tonight we have a showdown between myself, Dane, and Sam. Samir was eliminated in our last episode. And before we do get into our showdown for tonight, I do want to go back to our last episode really quickly because one thing we didn't get to do, guys, was rank some of the films that we discussed last time. So just as a brief reminder, that was Ship of Theseus, which was what the film that ultimately got Samir eliminated. Mommy, which was Sam's film. Memories of Murder was mine. And then Dane brought us Dead Poet Society. So I'm just curious how exactly would everyone have ended up ranking the four of those films? Yeah, so I mean, since last week... I've been listening to the Mommy soundtrack on loop, repicturing the film in my head over and over again. So between this week and last week, I would have to say my new ranking uh, for these films would be Mommy, Memories of Murder, even though they're both pretty much equal, but Mommy stuck with me. And uh, third would be Dead Poets, putting my own movie low on the list. And then wow, fourth would be Dan. Ship of Theseus. I know. Some self-hate there. No confidence. Well, I think I'll do the opposite of that. Uh, my movie was the best movie by far. Uh, I think Mommy number one, easy. Uh, Memories of Murder, easy number two. Very, very, not actually not really all that close, but also a very good movie. Uh, three being Dead Poets and pretty close to Ship of Theseus, which was fourth. That was a long way of saying I have the same list, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know mine's Samir, but I'll 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 go last. I think you should you should get get yours in. Let's hear one list that probably won't have Ship of Theseus number four. Did not want to rank because I don't want to sit through three people ranking Ship of Theseus number four. My heart can't handle it. <laughs> but um, I will rank Ship of Theseus number two. I will rank Mommy number one. I will yeah. rank. Dead, I will rank Dead Poet Society number three. And I'm sorry, Bong. Sorry, Corey. I have to rank Memories of Murder number four. Right. The funniest part about that list was Samir announcing his list in the order of two, one, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> um, it felt more I'm, natural an, based on what I was yeah, saying. It's like no, Nolan, I, I, I Nolan making a list or something. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I'm, I I like Sam. I'm gonna um, stick by my pick. Memories of Murder is my favorite of the bunch. Uh, it's one of my all time favorite films. But I do think Mommy's a close second. I really really enjoyed it. I'll put Dead Poets number three and Ship of Theses number four. So not too different. Just kind of flipping the top two. But with that, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty boring Rest time in, in the peace, world. There's man. really nothing to talk about, right? Except for this game of, of Cinematic Survivor we got going on. So I I say we get right into it. I. Uh, I know I said had game, and I thought that was gonna go yeah, in a different that... direction, Corey. <laughs> oh, I trust me, I'm uh, not. I'm not I going mean, in any could, direction. We could certainly take it the direction. Game stop. We cannot. <laughs> I think so, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think throughout we have the, a great throughout the great episode. I'll just be giving tonight. my financial advice. <laughs> just thank, thank God, no one's movie tonight was like The Big Short or Wolf of Wall Street or, exactly. or Wall Street or you know or like some <laughs> something where you could just uh, Don't worry, shoehorn in a bunch of references. The but same way Samaritan reference, yeah. The same way Samaritan reference another movie at that is completely unrelated is how I can reference the stock market today at being completely unrelated from the movies we're talking about. So our first film of the night is part of this uh, Survivor Showdown. Oh, and I'll say this too. You know, I mentioned it. Just I'll go over a brief recap of the rules. Really, uh, you know, once again for those who might have missed our first episode. Basically, each week in this series. Uh, we are providing one film for the rest of the podcast to watch. We're going to discuss those films. Whatever one uh, you deem to be the worst of the group, uh, you will vote to eliminate. The person who gets the most votes to be eliminated will not get to recommend for the following week until we declare our winner. Like I said, Samir was eliminated last week, which means he's, he did not bring a film tonight. He will still we get, get to it, vote. We get it, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Had to speak that in one last time. Uh, and then so now we have three of us <laughs> left, and next week we'll have, we'll have two left. Uh, and this is sort of our tribal council of sorts. We're going to kind of talk through these films, see where we stand on all of them. And, and I'll say, unlike last week, my vote is very much alive tonight. I don't know if you guys. Oh, are, same. You know, I literally still vote, don't know yet. But my vote's very much sure. alive. So I'm, I'm really excited for this discussion. So again, let's get right into it. We're going to start with uh, the film that Sam has brought for us tonight. Uh, it's the most recent of the bunch. It came out in 2016. And uh, this is Your Name, which is directed by uh, Makoto Shinkai. I got his name right, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, so 2016 anime film, uh, a sort of blend of sci-fi and romance and um, very beautiful. I don't think that's like I need to, uh, you know, even like defend but that. It's nice, to me- it's nice to mention. Yeah, no, like, I-, I think that's like that's an objective <laughs> comment about that film that anyone would have to agree with. It's a very, very gorgeous film. But let's get some early thoughts on it. What did we think of your name and how did Sam do with this one? So what I'll say, just to start us off, um, I really like awesome exteriors to movies. And like this movie, like Corey mentioned, but just to kind of go a bit deeper on that, like the animation is really, really good. Um, And I don't just mean in like technique, but just the way that the sequences are animated together. Like every scene just feels so fluid. There's nothing, there's no word short of gorgeous that you can use to describe how each frame of this looks. So, so beautiful. Um, yeah, it's yeah. almost like overwhelmingly yeah. gorgeous because it's so, like, yeah. some scenes are like photorealistic in a way. Like it, I, I, yeah. a, a weird word to use because it's obviously, it obviously looks animated the whole time, but the way the sunlight hits at certain points and a lot of these landscapes and these wider shots, I found to be really, really overwhelmingly like real. And, and my favorite part about the animation, I thought, was how it simulated a camera more than I've ever really seen in an animated film. Like 
a lot of uh um you know racking of focus or, or coming into focus or, or out of focus in shots the way a camera would you don't really see a lot of animated films that acknowledge the presence of a camera and i just thought that was a really really cool touch yeah yeah i and i have I'm... to say i sorry uh jamie lee curtis but uh this blows freaky friday out of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um your classic body swap movie but it, it's ex- it it really uh yeah like i said blew freaky friday out of the water i i love how the beginning of the movie starts off with so much mystery and how this mystery slowly unravels throughout the film um i hate to call it back to akira but very much in the same sense that every shot gives you a new secret and a new understanding of the story and and where uh the ending of the film is going speaking of new understandings i just want to say this um i was speaking to our dear friend will gamble a little while ago and actually a lot of anime prodigy and an anime prodigy (laughs) genius masterwork hayao miyazaki in the works um but he actually let me know that not only like american audiences who may not be familiar with um the language are missing out on like a kind of philosophical reading of some of the dialogues too like i think in the language um there are a couple different ways to say i and self and your the, yeah, I, the phrase your name yes and there's a lot of like play with that that would maybe on first glance it definitely went over my head um but hearkening back to will's words that's when i kind of read more into it and i was like whoa this is really clever like the japanese wordplay in terms of how the syntax of their language works or the japanese language works yeah the the most so smear is totally right that's one of the coolest parts about the the screenplay that happens in this in this movie the most specific scene is when um oh my god i'm blanking on all the characters right now uh when when taki is sitting yeah thank you when Taki is sitting on the basketball court, but he's actually uh, Mi- uh, Mitsua, like uh, Mitsua says the female version of I because there's multiple different ten. Oh, like it's gender. There's a gendered way to say I in Japanese. So Mitsua says the female version of I and all his friends pause. And then he says the general version of I, and they pause again. And then he says the person, the male version of I, and they go, okay, that was weird. So it's, um, there's like, I mean, it's a very, like, it, it, it plays a lot on like how regimented, uh, like gender is in Japanese culture, um, which I was really unaware of before I'd watched this movie. And until I like dove deeper into this movie, um, it's a really cool, it's obviously not the most important part of this movie, but, um, really, really cool things. And I will say, um, I actually think the first 30 minutes of this movie, Dane mentioned it as a positive. I'm actually not a huge fan of the first 30 minutes of this movie. Yeah. I actually, it's, I, 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 I'll be honest, Sam. I was like in the first, first half of this film, roughly, I was, I was like, I wonder if sam thought i would like this because <laughs> no I, no no i, I really and hate I, it and i <laughs> dude i literally dude wa- watching this back so i like i remember loving it the first time i watched this i watched it like in 2016 or 2017 when it was on netflix like it's now not on netflix anymore but i remember watching it it was like the first anime movie that wasn't by miyazaki that i loved 
dude, rewatching it today, I was like, why the fuck did I like this movie? I was like, I'm going home immediately. I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> For the first 30 minutes, I was like, this is so like on the nose and so corny. And then like the dream sequence is a huge shift tonally in the movie, which it, it all really comes together. But I think even up at like the 35 minute mark when um she's going with her grandma to like the underworld for the first time, I think there's like a really cool thematic change throughout that like really starts to pick the pace up. I think that's like and, the turning uh, point to identify. Yeah. Yeah. I the the first half hour uh is very cheeky. It's it's very like it's very uh, anime. It's like it, it's it is, all the it's, it's all the tropes into one, like the rock song, the like all that it, going it, in and it very much is. See, I didn't I didn't mind the rock song. I was I was sitting in my chair watching watching on my TV, just like jamming out. Well and, and now I do having understood some of what we're talking about with this this language barrier, I uh am willing to extend it a little bit more grace. But I found the first part of the film incredibly confusing too. Like, like it's basically just one really long montage, where like, like you're never really in a single scene. Like, for the whole first half of the movie, you're pretty much never in a single scene because it's just it's just a one long series of cross cutting between their two lives, where they're constantly in their in their bodies and then back in the other person's body and their bodies and back in the other person's bodies. And obviously, like once you get in the rhythm of it, I suppose it is a little interesting. Um, but I was just like, can we just stay uh, with one person uh, like for some extended period of time? And I agree with you, Sam, that I think when we finally start to get into that is when she goes with her grandmother to that shrine and uh, sort of, you know, we we start to kind of you know, get a little bit more into some of the, the, the themes of the movie. And also, you know, we, we talked about this briefly, but um, just some of the culture, like I feel like the, I did learn more about Japanese culture th- through this movie than I ever really have through a lot of other Japanese films. Um, or I should I shouldn't say Japanese films, but definitely anime films. Um, this felt like it was more interested in in like contemporary Japanese culture, which I thought was pretty cool. But yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, I thought that that whole first segment was just like a a really it's a little rough montage. Yeah, it's a it's a little rough. I do agree. I like I w- I won't defend that part, but but after you get past that first thirty minutes, I think this movie is actually incredible. Like I think, and I will it, say the the reveal so, so of that good. twist. Or I guess you could call it a twist. Like when he first arrives and discovers. Oh, and I, 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 I'm gonna say this right now before. Spoiler I don't think alert! I said this. Yeah, only. Yeah, Dane told me to say this before the episode, and I, I already lo- failed on my one job. Spoilers ahead. If you are gonna listen to this podcast. You are allowing yourself to be spoiled for any number of movies. So just please be aware that uh, we are gonna be just, you know, you know, uh, discussing spoilers for these films. Spoils ahead. <laughs> well, well, now that we said spoiler, I I will say that yeah, spoil away, boys. Yeah, this move the the build up and payoff to the ending of your name I thought was excellent. Um, kind of, throughout the entire movie, you you really are anticipating when they physically, if at if at any point they physically meet each other, uh, and I, I think the ending of the film does the rest of the film justice and it has a, a big emotional uh punch at the end well and i go, go ahead well, no, that's kind of what i, I kind of want to ask you guys about that too because i was a little torn on this i i don't necessarily disagree with you like i i can't lie i definitely felt the emotion of the ending and i thought it was pretty adorable to see them end up end up together like that but and the this is the moment i was i was trying to refer to earlier when i just stumbled over my words completely but uh <laughs> 
<laughs> I think the initial reveal when he arrives at her town and discovers the time difference between between the two of them is such a shocking dead. and well done. Yeah. Like I really, really, really love that. And I I don't know, again, I'm I'm struggling with this. Like I, I kind of thought that that was this really cool like um withholding of emotional payoff, you know? I'm just a masochist. Mm-hmm. Like I love movies that that <laughs> are sad and painful as opposed to happy and cute. But like I kind of I was struggling throughout. I was like I was kind of unable to reconcile that moment with our nice neat little ending. I'm not saying that they they did it doesn't earn the ending because I think it kind of does. But did anybody feel like the ending what was did anybody question the ending as the right choice? Yeah. I totally did. I I, I think yeah. that like I would have actually loved it just to have ended with her seeing the I love you on her hand. Like I think that that is my absolute favorite moment of the movie. Like that has that has lived with me for a very long time after I watched it. Like it was the one thing I remember the most clearly on the second rewatch. Um but it's like it's a PG movie. Like this was made for for all people and I know you hate that answer for like the ending cuz it is a little corny but um i thought it was earned like i i didn't i didn't think they were like and now happily ever after like it felt like you had really gone on a journey together and that they had finally you know helpless romantically ended up together yeah the one thing that did kind of drag as i was watching was how long the epilogue was was drawn out i i would have liked yeah. that it would it would have just been uh, a short it was very like uh return of the king like you had like 12 <laughs> different endings um <laughs> i i wish it would it would have been short and sweet it was a little bit drawn out i can't say it like really bothered me but i i do wish um it was a bit shorter i think it would have had more of a punch to the ending but with that said i i still really enjoyed the ending samir what are your thoughts on the ending i like the ending I, I, I do think that uh, I did get that, like, I felt the emotional resonance of that moment lead up to it. Like, I don't know, like, the payoff did feel worth it for me in the end in terms of the way the narrative goes. I, I know this is a weird movie to, like, talk about it with. Uh, like, I, I, I made the same argument when we were talking about Mystic River and how, like, if you didn't buy in to, like, the beginning bits of the movie enough then that ending doesn't land for you for me i like you guys were talking about the first 30 minutes and i was actually fine with it like i know Corey was mentioning that like he felt that it was like almost like a montage like we're not in a scene long enough but i don't know for me maybe that's what i was trying to get at when i was saying earlier like it felt fluid like one fell swoop of a paintbrush um and i realized as you were saying that what we that we were just actually talking about the same thing um but just like you were coming at it i guess from more critical light well, i agree that it that does just... have it does have a nice flow to it like it I, I wouldn't ever call it clunky or disjointed but i um although i did think there were a few bizarre kind of cuts like individual cuts in this movie that i did find to be a little clunky but that doesn't necessarily relate to the the first 30 minutes um i agree it's very fluid so if, if you are with it you will find it like very um, yeah, just kind of nice to ride along. I I just mm-hmm. felt like I was like I'm I'm just like I'm still trying to insert myself in this world, and I feel like it's already kind of like pulling you mm-hmm. off in this in this weird direction without ever letting. And you when you, any one moment. and when you ride that wave and you let it crash, 
do you sink or do you land at bay? That's my quote. I don't have a witty answer to that. I have no idea what to say to that. <laughs> well, that, that, that's my fancy way of saying that I landed at bay and I like the ending. Okay. All right. <laughs> I vibe. Bye. Surfer vibe. Any, any other uh, final uh, thoughts on Sam? your name? I do want to say one more thing about this movie is that often movies get very, I mean, we've kind of talked uh, about this ongoing theme that they get caught up in like their concept and this movie it has this crazy like multiverse time type concept to it but it, it never really goes through the struggle of explaining it to you yeah other than the fact that it's just tied to like japanese mythology which i thought was a, a very uh cool and honest way of including uh time and how the the two uh timelines connect in this movie so i i i really enjoyed that i and, yeah, i agree you guys know i'm a stickler for movies that kind of like introduce a logic and don't either don't follow it or just confuse you slash itself as it goes on and i didn't have that that problem with this one not because it's like abundantly clear what's happening the whole time but because the movie sort of like implicitly agree, like makes a contract with you saying like look it doesn't necessarily just be... go with it right go like with it. exactly just like just go with it kind of like the tenant Very... the tenant thing yeah yeah, yeah, I was yeah exactly tenant. <laughs> you know it's like yeah just you know like just just go along with this Don't like think, this is explained by like you said the japanese mythology which i thought was a really nice touch and yeah i i agree like i trust me i'm like i said i'm a stickler for that stuff i was i like right as i kind of picked up on what the gist of this movie was i was like Ooh, I'm gonna find a way to kind of poke a hole in it, but I, it really doesn't open itself up to that. Nor, nor is it interested in in a in that kind of like perfect perfection of logic. Do you feel safe tonight, though, Sam? After that that discussion. Well, I just want to say, if you guys had watched the um, English dubbed version of this, I would be instantly sent home. I watched the first five minutes of it today, and every Japanese song is with. An American. Oh, they replaced it instead. Thank God I watched the dub. They change. They change the fucking song. I literally was watching it for the first five minutes, and it was so bad. I was like, "This is actually unwatchable." If anyone watched the dubbed, I'm going home. Wow, like that's ridiculous. They would replace the music. That's like ruining the integrity. Here's a a very American uh, thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, anime shoe. A little anime shoe in for me. Like, I watch. Uh, like Attack on Titan. I I watch dub and sub, but like always go with the dub. It it, it is always go with the dub. It it, it is just a a different experience, and it it's typically the better experience. It's gonna be like I said. I think it's gonna be a really tight race tonight. I'm uh I'm a little nervous about tonight's episode because I do think these three films are a little just they're just tough. They're like I, and this is not a knock on Shapiro Samir. Although it will probably read like one, I, I do think it was just like so obviously different than the rest of the pack last week. They, um, or it was it, it it uh, you know, it stood out for that reason. I have no doubt in so my mind def- defend that yourself. all three of you watching that immediately were like, "All right, I'm safe this episode," <laughs> we, which is which is fine because I knew that like two like the ten seconds after I picked it, which is why I even was thinking about changing it. But I'm glad that I gave you a bye week because let me tell you, the heat is on tonight <laughs> and my vote is also very active. So we have four active votes. Wow. And uh, I think without 
further ado, we should move on to our next movie, which is yeah. the host. Yeah. Wow. Oh, as the, as the host, oh, yeah. where he's getting <laughs> yeah, his hostness taken Yeah, I was going to say. As yeah, the, as the host, I expect right. to be able to read that one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, yeah. So, one thing that's been surprisingly cool about this uh, little series we're doing is that we seem to be really big fans of a lot of East Asian films. Like, we've really been... Uh, it's East Asian film from Japan to, to China to, to South Korea uh, has been pretty well represented here. Uh, and so with this next film, it is the host, uh, Bong Joon-ho's 2006 creature feature. Uh, this was his follow-up to Memories of Murder. So Dane, this is Dane's film. And he's this is my movie. sort of using my strategy against me. Like I kind of knew that Bong Joon-ho was such a crowd pleaser, um, especially Memories of Murder. I am impartial to that, or I am partial rather to that film. I love it a lot. Uh, but Bong Joon-ho obviously makes, um, if if nothing else, very fun movies. Um, but I'm curious to hear some of our thoughts on the host and how we think uh, Dane did with this pick. Well, so, I I I was just gonna go ahead and say that. Oh yeah. Uh, go going into picking this movie, uh, basically my decision came down to uh, when Corey said last episode that he hadn't seen this movie. Um, <laughs> and out of all of Bong Joon-ho's movies. I mean, I love this one. I I definitely thought that there could be some mixed opinion on it just because of it is a monster movie. It's very different uh from some of the things that he's done before. But the one thing I will say before I I talk this movie up more is that this movie came out in 2006 and the special effects, the monster in this looks fantastic for coming out that long ago it there are some moments where it looks a little bit dated but for a 2006 movie like it's pretty top-notch yeah i thought the yeah. monster did look pretty dated but i also think that it looked really cool yeah so i didn't really care that, it, yeah. that like i actually i tend to really like sort of old computer like very corny kind of early 2000s effects like i love everything in the in the entire matrix trilogy for example uh, and this kind of reminded me of those sorts of effects that in no way look realistic, but just look cool. So I, it, it, I didn't necessarily bother me, but I could see that being a criticism from some people. Speaking about the monster, I think it looks pretty realistic and similar to the real monster. Um, like the way that monster there, looks. There's real a life. real monster this is based off of? No, although it is important. Okay, 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 wait, wait, wait. There's a lag. All right. No, but Samir does, like, I don't think this is what he meant to do, but it is worth noting that the issue of American companies dumping formaldehyde into the Han River in South Korea, that is, that was a real thing. And I think that did provide the inspiration for this film. You know, for a monster movie, this has a a lot of the monster in it. It's kind of rare to see this much of the creature, or at least see it so early and tr- and see it so transparently from the from the outset. So, how did you guys think this movie fared as like specifically a monster movie? And then maybe how do you, how do you think it fares as a film overall? I really liked the monster. I did, and I didn't. In terms of the graphics, like like Corey said, I completely agree with them on this point. I I mean, you guys know this by now, but I'm a huge 2000s guy and so the, I, I was drawn into the 2000s of it like I like the kind of like me being able to detect at some moments oh okay like eh like the graphic for the monster wasn't that good but that's not like a knock on the movie that's just oh okay it's kind of cool to watch this 
like being covered in this 2006 like like little haze um yeah i mean but i will say i judge monster movies on the certain like action elements and certain like specific oh shit moments within the movie and this movie has a lot of great oh shit moments in it like i think my probably my favorite moment of the entire film is when he's running away he he thinks that he's grabbing his daughter and it turns out that he's just pulling a random schoolgirl along with him so much fun uh-huh. and the monster itself like yeah it's whatever like i don't know i didn't feel i didn't feel super strongly either way like it was it it was dated but i knew it would be dated um i did like the little like twirly things he was doing on the bridge though that was pretty cool that was a little fun part no like it's funny because when i think about monster movies i'm like like i'm always like honestly like i just want more monster less human like like yeah if i think about any of these um godzilla or even king kong films we've got in, in the past couple of years I'm always like, I don't give a shit about any of these characters. I just want to see these monsters do crazy shit. In this one, I didn't feel any, I didn't feel like I didn't want that from the monster, but this almost served as like an inversion of your classic monster film in that the characters are really, really strong. And I, I do agree with what Samir, you kind of began to say earlier, which is that the, the I love at the core that this is a, basically just a story of like a father trying to be a good father to his daughter. And then the mother, you know, elements in this whole family, but um, at its core, these characters are actually very interesting, which in a way makes me almost like gives me mixed feelings about the status of this film as as a monster film, because it does it is trying to do a lot um, and it it's it's fairly successful on that front. But um, the characters are so much stronger in this than I've ever seen them in a monster film, which ironically, like that should be objectively a good thing. But I it, it kind of muddles it. Enough, I, yeah, I, I it kind of muddles it for me, that. too. What did you guys, so I'm of the opinion that I think this movie would have been, like, cooler and maybe I would have enjoyed it more if the presence of the monster was kind of unexplained. I know the, like, you could argue that the plot kind of would fall apart, but to me, the whole, like, them dumping in the Han River and then forming this mutant, um, I, I see why it's there, but that kind of cheapens it or takes me out of it a little bit. Um, I mean, like... I'll say yeah. this for for Bong Joon Ho. I mean, he's he has many things, but subtle is not one of them. And yeah. I think that's I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm okay with that personally. Like, I think you know, Parasite, for example, is very effective because it hits you over the head with it, some of its anti-capitalist messaging. I love that the host is so brazenly anti-American. Like, it's just like <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Like, I actually I actually read it's pretty funny that it's the rare South Korean film that North Korean officials have have. Love, have said openly said that they love. Wait, really? Because that's so they, funny. They appreciate the anti-American sentiment. I didn't know that. It's so which good. I think is hilarious. It's really funny. Um, I just put. I picked a North Korean uh, <laughs> propaganda. propaganda. Yeah, good fan game. film. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't Jong-un, know that. But. We love you. Kim Jong Un is listening to this right now. He's like, yeah. yes, <laughs> it's all film and games, Young Yang. Like, well, I that that's definitely re- the reason why I. I do cling to this movie is because uh I tying it to Godzilla King of the Monsters you have this uh balance between monster and human and, and the type of stories I, I I do feel like the host does a pr- pretty uh great job at giving a human human plotline to the story I mean all the characters are are very interesting but it also does give reason to the monster 
Bong Joon-ho certainly goes into this movie with a certain message he's trying to portray. And I, I do think the monster certainly symbolizes a lot of yeah, we should anti anti American and and just a a lot of stress in in South Korea during certain times. Yeah, l- um, let's get into into some of that. I think because I, I mentioned at the top of this episode, and I I, I assume everyone kind of you know knew what I meant when I said one of these films resonates a lot with uh, you know what's kind of going on in the world. And I mean, it, it's it's not the most you know perfect mapping on to to, what, to today's world, but I. You know, there's a lot in this movie about a virus. Yeah, it's a pandemic um, movie. I didn't mm-hmm. think it would be that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I wasn't prepared for that either. And I, I, I'm just curious what everybody thinks of some of some of these elements, um, especially in terms of what Dane's talking about with this kind of anti-American, but also even an, I mean anti-government kind of slant that it has. I mean, the South Korean officials in this look pretty much just as uh, uh, silly and um, yeah incompetent. I mean, as any the. Yeah. Well, the part in the movie where they all bought GameStop stock and just wrote it till the moon was <laughs> that was the best part, and I thought that was the most relatable yes. for sure. Um, oh, but... totally agree, Samir. That's such a good point. Relatable, huh? Yeah, yeah. The there's part... like there's like twenty there there's a shot of twenty people signing up for Robin. Yeah, Hood. yeah. The part <laughs> right. where they all hold they all hold AMC stock and they hold it until that it sells <laughs> is is gonna be. I thought that was by far the best part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was really weird when there was a post credit scene of Bernie Sanders saying "screw the first, <laughs> screw the top one percent." Um, this is a strongly anti Melvin movie, so watch it for that, if nothing else. Yeah, Sam, I I want to hear more of your thoughts about this movie because going into picking this, I thought this is technically a monster movie, but there there are layers to this one. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how Sam's going to think, what, what he's going to think about this one. So I want to hear more of what you have to say. I just want to say the one shot that I'll always remember about this movie is when they're rushing to get into the van and the daughter, like, slowly, oh. like, emo-like, walks into the van. And I, like, I can't explain it, but I have been so viscerally angry from that moment that like I can't even speak about the movie at times because I get so mad at the thought of an emo daughter like ruining it. It's so annoying. I was I'm just so like frustrated still, even though it has no bearing on the plot. Yeah, we haven't so even really talked about the family dynamic. <laughs> no, I, I have to agree and with I just, you like, too. And I just, I, I, out loud, I, I literally was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "Get it together." And yeah. and then so and then of course you know like from the very moment it. Like we said, very not subtle, as in he's not subtle. I don't know why I had to specify it that way. Uh, like, you know. <laughs> you know. It wasn't very subtle of you either. Yeah, it wasn't very subtle. It was pretty <laughs> on the nose. Like, you know from the fucking moment that they say, why can't she shoot her bow? What is she going to do? She's going <laughs> to shoot the bow and kill the monster. I was literally rolling my eyes at that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course that happened. I didn't mind that because I did feel like it was kind of planting these seeds early on. That, that, uh, that's like, planting a full-on what, what, forest. That is not no, a but seed. What, I mean, that is so... what Bong Joon-ho is, does, what, I feel like what he does that, with almost all of his films... That is a thing that you see a lot in a lot of action. Yeah, well, and, and, and again, and what Bong, Bong Joon-ho, he's, he creates very twisty and turny films, but he doesn't necessarily create films that have like you know M. Night twists that you don't see coming out of nowhere. He, I think he liked to set up a lot of pieces of a puzzle and like just kind of show you how they come together. You see all the pieces there. You know that I agree. You see this 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 girl's an archer, and you understand where that's gonna be a, a significant piece of this puzzle. 
But the fun of a Bong Joon-ho film isn't finding out that like A somehow led to Z. It's like, oh, like it's just that what is he going to do with this puzzle piece? Oh, and that, that, that's what it's going to be. I think the payoff is generally there with those kinds of moments. And, and that's something that I anticipated there being criticism to. Um, and I have to admit, like her shooting the arrow and the whole them killing the monster at the end plays into a lot of corny action monster movie tropes. But there is effective buildup to it. And if you look back at it, a lot of the character flaws are kind of centered around these moments. I mean, like, um, I don't really know who is uh, the other dude was. I think he was uh, another. Uh, yeah, he was a brother. I, I, the political I, activist was like a. a yeah. I think yeah. he was the, the brother. And he ends up, he's like a drunk at the beginning, and then he ends up throwing the alcohol and burning all of it. Oh, that was cool. Then, I didn't pick uh, up on Park, that. That's good. And and Park uh, uses the 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 street sign. Right, that he failed with earlier. He, he missed, yeah, he fails with it, and then at the end he ends up doing it. So I do think there is effective show and character growth in those moments, but at the same time, like, it certainly plays into... Well, and, and he's obviously an adorable corny. father at the end. Like, when he adopts the other oh, little kid. Oh, he's so cute. And he's, like, the cutest I little mean, father. Like, I, the, the greatest scene with hands down in any Bong Joon-ho film, this was true in Memories of Murder, this is true in this film, it's true in Parasite, it's true in literally every single one, is just when when people are eating together. Oh, yeah, when their like, daughter, I, when oh their my daughter God, is yeah. back. That that part was really yeah really like good. and yeah and then it's just like they're both like a lot of his movies have these scenes of like extended silence basically while or at least you know no dialogue while people are you know you just hear plates clanking and you know spoons scraping against bowls because everyone's just eating and it just it's really magical I think it's actually really really cool the way he does that. Another thing I want to point out too is when uh, Park uh, Kong Ho Song's character uh, is getting essentially the lobotomy. And it's like the red, the red floor, and he finds out the virus is fake and all this. Oh, shit, I love that moment! Like, and he he grabs the what he grabs the nurse and is like, "I'll infect her, I'll do it." That whole like sequence of events was so nerve wracking, comical, and just fantastic to me. I thought that was awesome. I just love that initial cut. The like, visuals. I love this like, the moment right before that when you hear the American doctor say, oh yeah, the virus is like totally made up. There's no proof that it exists. <laughs> dude, and then you just, you, just, you just cut the Song Kang Ho just kind of going like, there's no virus? And then it immediately, yeah. there just cuts to him getting a lobotomy. Like, it just well, it, it brings up a big, and a also, big point that this movie like, is... A really funny moment in this that I laughed out loud um, was when the, I think it's in the definitely in the last third of the movie when like a guy that's like sick is coughing and then everybody at the bus stop like moves away from him then he spits into the puddle and then the bus goes over it and it gets on everyone and then people just start screaming so i don't know gross. why that's so funny oh and those moments i don't know about you guys but that those moments are now are like so yeah, viscerally I yeah. disgusting. <laughs> I was like, like i say like the shit out of someone yeah. that did that i, I would what? With COVID nineteen, like, yeah, that's, that's happening. Like that used to be like, like a like, funny scene, but now that is a truly yeah, that, repulsive scene. Yeah, like, it's like, pretty, yeah, it's like, pretty crazy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like I think I think it is a really really funny movie, and I'm a little torn because I think the funniest scene of the entire movie is the funeral for the daughter at the beginning. Like I don't know if it was even supposed to be intentionally as funny as it was, but it's just so over the top and with 
everyone coming in and like taking <laughs> photos and videos and close-ups of them they're they're all rolling the they're ground, all, all yeah. rolling around yeah, on the it's, ground crying. it's so absurd it's so over the top and like i i thought the movie was at its best when it really leaned into like the absurdism of of the jokes because like end of the day this movie was meant to entertain like thinking is an important part of it but it's a monster movie it's supposed to entertain you yeah well and also well, no, but the comedy is well, that- and, and smear kind of touched on this the comedy is really essential to what bong joon ho is always trying to do like like showing people as stupid and dramatic and outlandish is all part of his attempt to kind of just like point out how real life people are stupid and crazy and outlandish mm-hmm. so yeah. did you guys like the scene well, and i i liked it i did like that scene that scene is the one scene that i'm kind of torn about because in one in one sense i i like it in the other sense i don't so in the moment it is his it's hysterical like i'm, I'm laughing out loud they're all like over the top crying rolling around on the ground uh kong say uh ho song's Song Kang Ho. is just yeah he's just it's so over over the top and looking at it in the sense of the film i i think it plays on the humor at the because they think she's dead but then you find out she's alive i do think that is pretty well uh contrasted by the ending because the ending you do see pretty raw emotion from the characters with the daughter and when I'm watching that scene, like I, I was conflicted. I'm like, this. I don't know if this is supposed to be sad or funny. I, I'm kind of both during this. I don't know if the scene is just effective, but in in the end, you do get emotional uh, kick or um, an emotional sense that from being, the characters yeah, with, like with that, the that, Yeah, I mean, I enjoy the scene in isolation. I do think this movie overall has like a tone problem uh, where 100%. it can't. It can't all get it. It can't necessarily get away with being as funny as it is at times. Cause I like I cracked up at that funeral scene, but uh, then I'm like I I'm with you guys. It's like you feel a little it, dirty. Does after it, it? Yeah, and it's like it needs yeah. to kind of pick a like it needs to at least strike that balance more carefully through the rest yeah, of the way, like, which is something that Bong is very good at for the most part. But I don't know if he gets it quite right here. So I I I definitely agree with you guys that 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 scene in particular, in particular, was certainly. Uh, confusing. I think one yeah, thing, like, the... like right, right um, before we move on from this, um, a really yeah. interesting point that I just wanted to get your thoughts on because I can't figure it out. What is so obviously he has a movie called The Parasite, and this movie is called The Host. Is there an intentional connection there? Because I know there is, but I just need to be educated on it. No, I mean, there. I don't think I don't think there's an explicit connection between the two, but I think that's an interesting pattern to pick up on. I mean, he, he's. Again, if 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 you all his movies are very clearly like 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 they take some sort of anti-capitalist, if not anti-American stance, and so if you take the name as a and apply it to that, I mean he's okay. he's calling capitalism a parasite. He's calling uh you know Western values a, like um, a host for 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 the for, mm-hmm. for like parasitic or, or uh, monstrous qualities. So I think that's a good. I didn't I didn't pick up, I didn't yeah. thought about it in those terms, but I think that's a good. Yeah, with, with but, I mean, with the scene I was talking about, I I kind of thought that maybe there is a kind of a humanistic side to the monster, but I might be just overlooking that. And Bong Joon Ho certainly uh, subverts any expectation of that this monster was potentially human by killing the daughter at the end. But 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely think that there was some type of influence in one calling the movie the host, having that scene in there, and the anti-American uh, South Korean sentiments that go into I, I, identifying the monster in the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bong, I, Bong. I, I, look, looking at Sam. Sam's like, yo, this this <laughs> conversation's way too deep. Sam's like, it's just a LA. stupid monster movie. We should stop analyzing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam just wants uh, to talk about Nokia and Blackberry. But yeah, but no, I agree. Bong, Bong goes back and forth a lot in this movie. I think we went back and forth a lot in some of our, our pros and cons with it. So in that spirit, how how safe do you feel, Dane, as we move towards our final film of the night? Uh, I mean, I feel. I feel all right. I mean, it like we said going into this, my vote is, is shifting. I, I'm not sure where I land. I'm not sure where anyone else lands. Um, kind of gonna be in the in the spur of the moment decision. But I do think there's a lot to to love about this movie. I mean, I love this movie. I think there are some positive things about this uh, film. But I think it might come down to how you viewed this as as a monster film with that we will move into our final film of the night this is the film that i brought for the group and this is kenneth lonergan's 2011 but kind of 2006 maybe like (laughs) sort of even 2005 film margaret it's kind of a confusing one we can get into that a little bit as we discuss the film this um um, just a quick summary stars anna paquin and it's about a girl in post 9-11 New York who witnesses a major bus accident. And it's kind of about the fallout from there. Really excited. Honestly, kind of nervous to hear you guys' thoughts on this movie. I kind of think this was like, if if there is a ship of Theseus in this group, this could be it. Like, I, I wouldn't blame you guys if I wasn't an easy vote out. Because it's certainly not, it doesn't have the flash of the other two. And it's not a genre film like those are. Um but I'm I'm curious to hear. I mean, I I picked it for a reason. I I think very highly of this film, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Dude, this movie's a fucking mess. <laughs> like it is, it is literally like at some points it is like a, a ten out of ten, and then the next scene I was like I'm gonna turn this off, and then the next scene I'm like no, it's the best movie I've ever seen, and then the next scene I'm like no, I don't like this at all, and then the unfortunate part is I you know. I literally the night of was like, I texted Samara, I went, this movie was horrible. And then I went after like 20 minutes later, I go, no, actually, I think this is a masterpiece. And now I sit here so lukewarm on the movie, like so in between, like I just like thought there was great elements in it. And there are parts where it's just so obvious that this movie was delayed six years and just lost kind of the zeitgeist of the time, which is a lot of what this movie is dedicated about. I find Anna Paquin. Well, wait, wait, what do you mean by that? Cause I, I do want to, I just think it's worth clarifying just from, yeah. a, from a factual standpoint that it, yeah, it's true. This movie was written obviously in the wake of not immediately in the wake of nine 11, but it was kind of about being like a post nine 11. New York was slated for release in 2005, I believe got pushed back to 2006 and in 2008. Yeah. And, and then finally got a release in 2011, but the integrity of the film itself, does remain like i like i just want to clarify that like just technically speaking yeah yeah it it remained the same product it does it's just kind of a a conversation Um, that felt um it felt it felt like it does so much this movie tries to like the scope of this film is huge and what it's trying to do 
is really commendable. Like, I think Lonergan really, really goes for it. But I just don't really, at the end, think it's a cohesive film. Like, I just don't. Like, I think it... Well, that's... Yeah, it, and I... No, this no. movie, I, I guess overall, I kind of feel like I didn't get a chance to text Sam back whenever he sent me that because I hadn't seen it at this point. But I I do feel pretty similarly to him in the sense that there are some scenes in this that really do work. Um, and there's some scenes that really just fall flat. I think that with a lot of long movies um, that are trying to tell a story, they have to f- resist the tendency to kind of sprawl off in a hundred different directions um and to kind of maintain their their energy throughout i think there's a lot i think there's a much more succinct way to tell this story and i don't know i guess the payoff with all the different characters and the different storylines didn't hit me as much towards the end um in terms of all the different things that were going on like i didn't see it neatly come together and build on itself if that makes sense um but that being said I I just want to say while I'm talking, my favorite scenes in this movie were like probably like the classroom scenes where people were just arguing over each other. And the other thing I want to say is that I find the main character to be so hard to watch and deplorable and insufferable. She's odious. Well, well, and that's why I brought, yeah. So I agree. Let's get Dave's yeah, initial yeah. thoughts, but I do yeah. want to start there because I think that is that has. I think that has a lot to do with your your overall perception of this film. Yeah, I do think there was some imbalance to the film. I I did enjoy it. Uh, Corey asked about Anna Paquin's performance, and this is honestly the biggest conflict for me in the film. I thought there were points where Anna Paquin was phenomenal, like outstanding, and then there were, I thought there were points where she was melodramatic, and I, I'm very much looking into it trying to figure out like where I land on her character because I Corey I do want to get your input on this it is your movie I I don't know if she was supposed to be likable dislikable or or whatever there she she certainly is a cray character I, I feel like because there were moments where I really sympathized with her and there were moments where I was like what the hell are you saying um so yeah, with, I, with, I, with with that, I want to hear. What yeah, you no, know. I I think I, I I'm I agree. Like I I'm a hundred percent with you, and I think that is where a lot of distance around this movie comes from. Is like, it's it's an easy to to hate her. Like I I wouldn't blame someone for finding her incredibly obnoxious. It sounds like that's kind of where Samir landed on it. Uh, I think that's totally valid. I think if you're gonna take that uh that stance, you should also keep in mind that this is like a teenager. This is a high school girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, the the more melodramatic and irrational responses, and trust me, there are a lot of irrational responses in this movie from her, um, are a product of her being a young girl. And so, yeah. I agree. There were there are a lot of moments that I hated her in this movie. There are a lot of moments in which I think I really admired her her sense of morality. Um, it, it's again, it's a very sort of naive, youthful sense of morality. One that you know, you as you grow older, you probably realize isn't you know necessarily um viable and i think a lot of characters go back and forth on that in this movie but yeah she's she's the definition of a great character i think it's it's a it's a cliche but in, in this movie there really are no easy answers like to anything and i i really love and admire that about this movie again you like i, I watched this with my whole family my dad couldn't stand her as a character <laughs> and therefore despised the whole movie which kind of 
ticked me off in a sense because I was like, you're kind of missing the whole fucking point. And you doubled down like, on it because like, your dad didn't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, kind of. No, but I mean, like, like, but I didn't, I didn't, like I said, I didn't love her throughout. I, I was, I'm with my dad in a lot of that. I think what's so great about this movie is that you could watch it hating her or watch it loving her or watching, yeah. watch it falling anywhere in between and still really appreciate a lot of what is being done here. Dude, but, but I do, I, I would like to hear how people feel oh, about her I mean, just like whenever and how that relates to their experience. Like we, like just last week we talked about a movie um with obviously a super deplorable main character in mommy and i think the difference but i don't at least find between... him super deplorable <laughs> like i only find him i only find parts of him deplorable yeah this well, character the... is so one notedly yeah that's the point throughout. The, like the, I the, that's what i'm see... saying like wait so wait 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 wait, wait, I, wait, I, wait find... I gotta stop there you can't tell me that no i'm wait, 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 wait. yes in yes. mommy he's yeah. objectively a bad person you're allowed to you're allowed to feel mixed feel, mixed feelings no, about him, but I, joy I really to need others. you to convince <laughs> no, no, me about no, no, why no. you would call him not deplorable. But the, the word she's not deplorable. You could if, if you don't not, like her character, she's not fine, but she's not deplorable. She's, I feel clearly, like obnoxious has, she has is a, a better sense word. Rowdy in this movie. Yeah. So what I will say, maybe you find in, her obnoxious. Yeah, like I think obnoxious is a better word this movie. Like so. Well, what I'm saying is that I'm not really hung up on her character itself in the sense that, like, the nitty-gritty morality of the situation and the plot. What I am trying to get through, and which is why I talked about Mommy, is that at least in that movie, um, from the outset, like, the char- ma- the main character in Mommy is a lot more deplorable in the sense that he's obviously a racist, blah, 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 blah. But from that, you kind of see that, like... Each time it's different and it builds on itself. Whereas in this movie, it felt that, and I'm not talking about her character or the situation or plot. I'm just talking about the movie in the sense that like a lot of her angry outbursts felt the same in the sense that like they never rose. They didn't crescendo up. They just kind of felt like at a 30 minute point, she yells at her mom and she doesn't take any breaths. And she's like, and then she does that again, 10 minutes later and then 10 minutes later and 10 minutes later. Um, Whereas I think there's, this movie would have been more effective if she had an outburst and then she has a bigger outburst and then it it just kind of naturally leads to a better rise in tension and crescendo, which I think mommy did do, even though the main character is a lot more hateable, which is what makes the sympathy like, which is why I, I maybe in some weird way, I was able to sympathize with that character more, even though I do see the moral right. gray area surrounding this and- character in Margaret. And here's and here's my my free response to that. I, I I'm I'm almost mad at Sam for bringing his mommy into conversation with this because they're so they couldn't be more different. I mean like like again as a reminder, this movie isn't called Lisa. It's called it's called Margaret. It's not even like really about her in a sense. Like like in Mommy, his his development is obviously crucial to the film itself. I agree. There's not necessarily what you would categorize as traditional character development film although i do think the final scene at the play or at the opera it's rather, really good scene, um, yeah. does it does give you yeah. like sort of what you're looking for samir that is yeah, a good scene fantastic. yeah um but i mean the, the the her character is defined by her unflinching moral code and her unflinching sense of morality that doesn't change and that does lead to these the same sort of violent outburst over and over and over but that that is who her character is and the 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 script and the movie is all about the different offshoots that 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 creates the different how that affects different characters and the the how the world around her how the city around her uh is sort of responding to that very strict code of morality i i will say though i i do think some of the moments with anna Pacman were a little bit bloated um 
specifically the the moments with is it, it Keenan Kieran Culkin Kieran Culkin I liked his scenes. <laughs> I, oh really? I, I love the sex yeah, scene. Yeah. Like, that might be my favorite scene. Yeah, in the movie. that was up there. For like, I thought that was so me. good. See, 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 see. That's where I was. I, I didn't think that necessarily needed to be in the movie, but I mean, I, I guess Dude, it's all up to, to, to what you like. The reason, well, doing. how, how did you get? Yeah, I, I actually want to ask about that moment and also that moment in relation to, uh, you know, her relationship with her teacher well, and what she and the conversation she has later. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to like the reason why I like that scene so much is you're seeing a different side of Anna Paquin's character. You're seeing Lisa as very vulnerable, mm-hmm. very scared, very naive. You're not seeing her, like, I I would like to amend my first argument. I wish I hadn't brought Mommy into this. I agree. They're, they're two, <laughs> two completely unrelated movies that just made Corey and I get mad at each other. I, do else. I was like, what the hell? Man? <laughs> it's just Corey and I just stare at each other for about 10 minutes. But, like, I... My point, and I think Samir brought it up really well, is that Lisa does the same thing in a lot of scenes. And what and like the first argument, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, this is so real. I've been there. Like, I get her, what she's feeling. I totally commiserate with her, her lack of like being able to explain all the emotions she's feeling as an adolescent. But then I never get you you don't get enough views of her as a person like and that's why i love the sex scene and i would like to say there's been a constant debate on twitter about uh olivia wilde just wait wait in on the debate of like the legitimacy of sex scenes in movies this the sex scene in this movie should be the prime example you show someone about why sex scenes are important in movies if it makes sense because it shows her at her most vulnerable, at her most innocent. And I think this scene is the best representation of Lisa as a whole that you get in the entire movie. And and I really wish I got more views like that. Yeah. She's a great she is a great so character, I do, but I just yeah. find her to be a little one note sometimes. Is, I do too. is the main yeah. gripe. But I do agree that overall she she um, represents a really interesting uh, conflict. Corey, I do, being that this is your movie, I, I want to hear what you have to say in how kind of like the post-9-11 uh, uh, emotions play into this movie. I'm almost like hesitant to answer it because like I don't like, this is the, like usually I feel like I come into these movies and I um like I can speak out of my ass and, and come with up some sort of answer. But this is one where I felt, and in a good way, like I felt almost like defeated by it. Like I think it's, really trying to trying to bite off a lot in that sense um i like you i think the the central tragedy of the woman getting hit by the bus you could imagine that being mapped on to to 9-11 and some of the the different responses to it um could be similarly respond uh you know mapped on to both the american government's response which like as you kind of said is a uh, kind of alluded to in some of the classroom discussions but yeah this is one I, like i watched this two or three weeks ago guys and it's like still been sitting with me I, I mean that when i say just like um really trying to think through how much the script is trying to accomplish i i will concede that like like and that was my biggest concern coming into this was that uh you guys would find it you know like a little uh either inflated or just like too ambitious for its own good um and that's that's not like or that's certainly in there like it's i'm not gonna say that uh it's literally perfect in that sense although i think it's pretty damn close 
But yeah, I mean, if you guys have additional thoughts on on that, uh, well, I would that nine eleven stuff, I'd be curious to hear them because I've been like, I, I like, it's there, it's totally there, and and it's pretty amazing how it's there. But it's it's the rare movie where even I felt defeated by it. In this, a sense. I was like, this is really complex. What it's trying to do for what for my my take on the like nine eleven the post nine eleven thing is this movie is very focused on the idea that people go about their everyday and people don't really think about how interconnected they are. I think a lot of this yeah. movie is talking about, and it's it's my absolute favorite part. I literally, I would, I want to say like it sounds like I absolutely like hated this movie. I literally cried watching this movie because I was so moved at some points. Like, especially there's one shot that I, I think I'll always remember, which is where they just, it slowly pans to show just the great scale of New York on one busy, like yep. on Broadway or something like that. And I, I yeah, literally- this movie loves the city and it, it captures New York. Like I've almost never it, seen yeah, it. It's a very, it's a gorgeous film in some of the- uh... And what, what it's trying to say, yeah, what it's trying to say there, though, is that, like, it's talking about just how everyone goes about their everyday life and how they try to get through. And I think it's a lot of, like, you know, for for Lisa, she, you know, wants to reflect and, you know, and speak about the tragedies of 9-11, whereas a lot of people are just trying to get by and trying to forget and trying to move on. And... I think a lot of like that is a lot of like the idealism that Lisa's character represents and why New York is the backdrop for the movie that they talk about. Cause it's, you know, the city with the greatest scale Wait. of people trying to move on. Watching this movie, I could not help but think of like the tree of life shooting because of how oh, yeah. like New York, it, 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 Sam, exactly what you just said. Like, um, it, it capturing that sense of people living their normal lives without really grasping the significance of what have what had just happened. Um, I don't mean to get really deep right no, now. No, I think that's like, a really great comparison. No, no, no. So like the day that the Tree of Life shooting happened, um, it was like Parents' Day on campus, and my parents were coming up. Um. For, to to get breakfast with me and um very like it was i mean this i this personally like is where i most connected with anna paquin's character like um when the tree of life shooting happened it was all in the same day and we went to pamela's and people were just going about their normal day even though like a prolific pittsburgh tragedy U.S. tragedy had just happened, and like it all, everything it just seemed normal, and it was it was like that day was so bizarre, and and the shots of New York for me, that's where like I'm most connected with the movie because it it just makes you like put into perspective like there's so much shit going on, and if something like this happens and happens to you, like no one's really going to acknowledge that. So like. I mean, for all of us, like that's that's where definitely yeah. the movie hit the most home for me. Where I was just like, "Holy, holy shit!" Like I, I can definitely see in that point what the movie was going for. And it's like it's hard for like I, I think I'm really glad you brought that up, honestly, because like there is just like a an unspoken sense of pain in every single character in this movie, and I think it's like you know that that pain is where a lot of characters are speaking from. But what's so and I agree that like, I felt I I felt this in Pittsburgh at the like at, at, in the Wicked Tree of Life like 
even if you are, are aware of that shared pain that we all have, no one's willing to acknowledge it. And so it lingers over. I mean, I, I'm glad you, I didn't even think of Tree of Life. That's a probably even stronger example. But the movie reminded me of just kind of COVID. Like whatever I'm yeah. out somewhere during COVID, I'm always just looking around and I'm like, we all know we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic right now. Like we are all, <laughs> we all know how we're like, we like, like how fucked things are and how we're all struggling. We could barely even leave our houses and like we're terrified of each other right now. Like we're like, like I, we look all to every stranger on the street and knows that about each other. And yet like we're never discussing it. We're never talking about it. And I, I know that it's the, to capture that, to capture something so profoundly unsaid yet. So like that has just lingered over so many different tragedies. I think it is really powerful. As a fan of this movie, um, and I think there's a lot to like in it, so I definitely see why. But do you think that this movie can be edited down or it's in needing of some editing? At least maybe I'm talking like a half hour type editing. And there is an extended you know, I really, cut that adds yeah, 30 I minutes. Do, yeah, I will say what, what blows my mind about this movie is that an extended cut exists. <laughs> like, like I, I, to answer your question, Samir, is, is no. I actually... One of my biggest takeaways when I first watched it was that I absolutely loved the length and I loved how it was willing to follow this story pretty much all the way to its logical conclusion. Um, but I couldn't imagine a longer version of it. That is crazy to me to think that an even that's longer absurd. version of this exists. Although, to be honest, I love this movie enough that I'm a little tempted to watch it, but it, that's a big time commitment. Um, I, I'm I'm definitely a minority in that I love long movies. Like For some reason, if I'm sitting down to watch a 90-minute movie or something, I'm like, I'm like just kind of like getting through it. It's like I yeah. like I like by the time it, it it ended before it could even begin. Whereas if I'm watching something that's two and a half hours, I feel like I'm really being whisked away by it. Like I really really enjoy that. I'm not that's not without exceptions, obviously. But this was an example of to me a long film done right. But I totally understand that the yeah. time commitment alone could be uh, a turnoff to people. I I do think that some of the uh for me personally, I think some of the like Matt Damon stuff could have been cut as much as I as much as I loved it I do think in the overall sense of what the movie was trying to do uh in like showcasing the drama or not the drama the trauma <laughs> in which Anna Paquin was feeling in in regards to the incident could have been cut down uh, yeah, I do think I, I will it, say it, if you were to put a gun to my head, I just, I just, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about it some more. I would probably say if you put a gun to my head and said you have to cut something, probably would be the Matthew Broderick stuff. Yeah, uh, me too. Which which pains me honestly because I I was hyped to see Matthew Broderick play another teacher after his terrific turn yeah. as Mr. McAllister in an uh, election, but I can't believe you know he's really, he really doesn't. I'll be honest, he honestly doesn't. Obviously, the poem is huge. That's why he's that's why it's named Margaret. There, but. Uh, um well yeah but i I, like the scene in the park for yeah that's the exact one i was thinking of like where that's that's probably the only that scene is the only one that i would that i would definitively say yes you can cut it but that's what a 30 second to a minute minute long where they're just smoking smoking what is he saying that so funny that that's pretty much where i what i was feeling too like there the the moments with matthew broderick in the classroom i think well obviously to the title of the film and uh thematically are very important but in the park could have been cut the matt damon stuff i think her relationship with matt damon is very important to the film um but particularly in the part where she goes to his his apartment i think 
didn't necessarily need to be in there. Mm-hmm. I and I hate to yeah, real quick, I hate well, to now, while we're on that topic and and this is yeah this is maybe the, want, the I, last thing we'll say about the movie, but I think it's worth discussing. And I'll, I'll let you get that in, Sam. But yeah, I think yeah, I'm just I'm just really curious to hear your thoughts and how you interpreted her her news that she shares with Matt Damon, like about the about the abortion. Mm-hmm. Did you and like like what was your initial reaction to that? Did you think that was a purely a, a tool for manipulation? Did you think that was like well, I don't so, know? What you, like I, I thought that was a really fascinating moment in this movie. So, I that's where I am a bit conflicted because I I do think she was trying to manipulate him in a sense. I mean, he definitely was in the wrong with that with that scene. I mean, I, she was in the wrong too. There there's a lot of issues with uh the scene in the apartment in the apartment, I think. Um I don't know if that whole moment needed to be in the film and ultimately like I was a bit confused why that moment where she confronts Matt Damon was in the movie. Um, yeah, me too. I yeah. But I mean, again, I if mean, we're thinking about someone who has this strict moral code, who thinks she's clearly doing the right thing all the time, and then to see her do something so, I mean, like, kind of like manipulative and yeah. like certainly not a, you know, what's like the honor like, code, like socially acceptable. Yeah, yeah, certainly not like an, yeah, like an honorable thing to do. Um, like I, I don't know. I think you, I think you need those two sides because like I think showing. It doesn't make her out to be an outright hypocrite, but it makes her out to be a young, complicated person who it doesn't have it all figured out the way she thinks she does. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it do, it does a good job of showing that. My only, I guess, my only gripe is I I'm with Dane on if I would definitely cut the the Matt Damon sex scene as well as as this scene that we're talking about right now. Probably you're Just, like for that Kieran Culkin sex. Scene no, well, <laughs> dude, because this yeah. is my point. Is that no, I I know exactly my, what you mean. like what I'm about to say is that. They're very similar in the sense that she is an innocent, she is a very um, confused and vulnerable girl that's being taken advantage by a man, essentially. Um, they're a little different in this fact, like in the aspects of like the power dynamics of the two. I, I know it's nitpicky because Anna Paquin is, is really, really good throughout this movie. Her acting in the Matt Damon sex scene is, is strangely very off and poor. And the yeah, fine that the part the where thing. she like that the, scene kind of put me off. The part like, where okay, she okay, the part where she says like grow up like I'm the one who did this like you're being a baby. She yeah. I don't know if like if there was a problem with takes or something, but that take she does for that line is really really off, and it just completely threw off that entire scene for me. I don't know I don't know what they told her. Yeah, like, I have to go. I don't remember that one specifically, but I, I trust I, I know what you no, know. Her, yeah. her, ca- her well, cadence was really, like, it was essentially she was reading a line. It was it was really off. I thought, yeah. I thought a lot, I'll be honest, I thought a lot of her performance in this was very awkward, but I actually mean that as yeah. a strength. Yeah. Like, I, like, and, and again, that the moment, the moment you're referring to could, could totally be a, a different issue, but it w- there it is, even... like, a, a, a youthful, like, adolescent awkwardness to this yeah. whole movie that, again, I so, think... It, it only helps it, but I could totally see why people would be put off by it too. So yeah. there's this, uh, like the morally gray aspect of Anna Paquin's character of Lisa, I think is very apparent even without the Matt Damon scene. Um, there's the, the moments yeah. where she's fighting with Emily, which were very hard to watch. 
in in my opinion. I think they were they were very effective. They were excellent scenes, very well acted. And to me that shows the the moral gray to her character like with what Emily says is like you're just a kid like it's not revolving around you all, all this stuff. And I I do feel like that's a lot of the point of the movie is in a pack win being this naive character who has experienced this trauma thinking that uh as Emily says that all we're not side characters we're not supporting characters in your story I I thought that was excellent I it's think a great that showed, great great discussion yes it's really really yeah. good and I I thought that was a the most effective point of her being a morally gray character so that's where I kind of am I'm very I agree. That. I I will say turned that off by the Matt Damon your point that because... her relationship with Emily is probably my favorite in the movie. I th- I think um I, I really like Emily's character a lot. She's... When I first watched this movie, I texted Samir and I said I think this is this movie serves as the perfect midpoint between our two, like like you know it's, Samir and I I feel like had this reoccurring debate of like theater versus film and like you know where that spectrum kind of lies. Uh, and I, I, I would probably place Margaret like directly in the, in, like if I was trying to convert a theater lover to a cinema lover or a cinema lover into a theater lover, I, I think I would use Margaret or, or Manchester by the yeah. Sea. Like I think Kenneth Lonergan in general um, understands the language of both really well and how to traverse those two worlds really well. Um, but yeah, to, to answer the question I've been asking everybody else throughout the night, I, I am a little worried. I, I do think this film doesn't really bring some of the 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 uh you know it's not a, it's not as readily enjoyable certainly as yeah. the, as the other two it's definitely a more like difficult film it requires a little more like work on your part um and is obviously it's a little quieter doesn't have some of the flash um but i hope you guys will will appreciate a lot of what it was trying to do but with definitely. that we will uh move in to our voting round uh i think we we're going to give everybody a chance is that correct to make one final pitch for their film do we feel like that's yeah. worthwhile and samir gets yeah, to say one not? play he's watched as well yeah everyone's gonna make yeah. a pitch for their film let me include um, me and in this. to keep uh just as a quick reminder samir will be voting what's gonna happen is if it somehow results in a tie we're just gonna remove samir's vote so there's a lot Wait. of like game theory going on here and, i've uh, literally drawn up every single scenario of how the vote can go and if I feel a specific way on one, I can I can vote my way. It's very complicated, but Wait, I've created a process. Corey, Corey just said game theory. That ties into to, microeconomics. Which that ties into <laughs> Wall Street. That ties into <laughs> to stock. Buy Bitcoin. GameStop. Hold, what? <laughs> AMC. Hold, bo- hold Bitcoin. Hold AMC. Hold. Everyone, hold. 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 <laughs> Until I, sell t- until I, I sell thought you were going to bring up the 2001 film A Beautiful Mind, which is a, <laughs> a great film about game theory. It is guys, really very good. good that's a very, very good, good movie. movie, yeah. What else? We got two Will Gamble references, I think, today, too. Like, no, yeah. Will, Will Gamble listens to this podcast. He's going to have the the biggest heart on. Like, oh, I'm, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared tell to look to out my it. window and <laughs> see, see him smile. I can picture that Will like, smile. Down uh, I'm gonna use this podcast to tell Will right now that I love him and I miss him a lot, and I and I, I see his <laughs> smile so clearly in front of me. I hope this is bringing a smile to. His we face. all share the same feeling. <laughs> he and I are actually okay. watching uh, uh, um, Star Wars Episode Four uh, tonight. And uh, WandaVision. Well, that's the thing. Well, we can talk about the stacker. Let, let, let's. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. Paul okay, Bettany, Corey, who was in A Beautiful Mind, who is also the Vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> He's also holding on AMC. Together. 
He is Dodge holding on AMC. <laughs> there might even be some similarities there in terms of his character existing or not existing. Wow. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Yeah. All right, well, let's Sam start with no you, idea Sam. What we're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam, you brought us your name tonight. Uh, 2016 anime film from Makoto Shinkai. Give us your pitch as to why you think you deserve to survive. Not just this week, but let's keep in mind, those who go move on will be moving on to our championship round. So this is a big one. I don't take this honor lightly, Corey, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think your name... Um, we, we, we've what, talked Corey? about how... What, Corey? What, what? <laughs> you said your name, as in I'm like... <laughs> I think your name is... <laughs> Go on. God, that, was a, <laughs> that should be the intro to the episode. That's a fantastic. That was a, that was a Samir. That was joke. a fantastic <laughs> Samir joke. Um, I think your name is obviously very beautiful. That is like an indisputable fact. But more than it just being beautiful, it's frankly almost revolutionary in how it animates its movie. It's a completely different animation style throughout. It goes from 3D generated to hand-drawn realism throughout, and it's very seamless. Um, if you don't like the first 30 minutes, I wouldn't hold it against you. I, I'm not a huge, huge fan, but I think that final like hour and 15 minutes are truly spectacular. It's a concept that is super heady and could be incredibly convoluted and complex and not fun to sit through, and yet you're kind of just along for the ride. And I think very few movies that have uh, like time travel concepts like this do that. Like, I think this is very specific in how well it conveys its message, conveys the theory and the inner workings of how it works. And at the end, God, the like, I love you hand reveal. How fucking cute and beautiful is that? I think this movie, if we're going on crowd pleasers i think you can show this movie to literally anyone and they would enjoy it i would be very shocked if the vast majority of people did not like this movie and i think it's a very great movie very very good cool cool all right dane you're up <laughs> okay your, your asshole pitch fuck for you dane <laughs> not right. supposed to respond hey we're about to vote yeah 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 so, uh, my movie was The Host by Bong Joon-ho. So, Bong Joon-ho, you know, he he likes to give a little spin on your genre films. This is a monster movie, and he certainly adds his twist to this one. There's a lot of social commentary to this film. There's a lot of just very interesting and comical suspense. You don't think they fit together. But they do. It's a, it's a very interesting movie. I do think there is a lot in this one that you can appreciate from, from any film goer. Um, there, there are moments of, of horror, of comedy, and, and it really wraps up what Bong Joon-ho is as a director. Um, in the end, I, I'm, I'm a fan of classic horror films, and it, it really brings together those the, the classic uh, monster film tropes and puts a very unique spin on it. I think it is a very entertaining film that a lot of people can enjoy, um, whether you've seen a Bong Joon-ho film before or, or not. Um, in, in all, I the host, it it's a very, very fun, entertaining film that I think uh, a lot of people can find at least a little bit that they can like in it. Um, but yeah. 
that that's my take on the host. That was all over the place, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie, but uh, <laughs> I would I would just like to amend my final my final reasoning and call out someone. Uh, uh, oh no, uh, never mind. Okay, Corey, you go. I don't know if you should be allowed to. Okay, okay, your... okay. I'm just going through my game um. theory then. <laughs> um, but you're, you're all done, y'all done there, Dan, with your pitch. All right, then I will wrap us up with Margaret. Yeah, so I, I just hope that uh, you guys, you know, felt something uh, w- watching this movie. I, I know that some of you mentioned that it, you did feel really moved by by it, um, and that that's to me what I think is so special about it. I agree, it's very ambitious. Its ambition can certainly perhaps get in the way at times, um, but it, at, at the end of the day, this is I find to be uh, of the most profound of this bunch. Um, and one that uh, I think Will's it certainly has stuck with me, and I hope it sticks with you guys. Um, and I hope it's sticking with you um, as you know in the days since you've watched it, or, or however long it's been since you watched it. As we've had this conversation, I hope Margaret has stuck with you. I think it includes a terrific performance at its core in Anna Paquin. Uh, she's a really, really complex character who I, you know, it seems like we land in all different places on her. But uh, no matter what, it certainly makes it for a more stimulating film because she just stimulates such an interesting debate. Uh, a lot there's a lot to be said about the role that New York City plays in this movie and we didn't even mention this during our discussion but I think that core moment like the moment this accident actually happens a Mark Ruffalo's performance I think is, is really is really great there as, as, as small as, as his part kind of is um, but also like I just think the way that Lonergan directs that moment is is so well done it's not melodramatic and over the top it just kind of handed to you fairly naturally and yet you can't help but feel the weight of the moment which I think you know, we had a conversation earlier that Dane sort of alluded to is the sort of um, the role that tragedies can play in people's lives and how the fallout from that tragedy can 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 play out. I think the movie really really captures that really beautifully. And I, and I again, I, I think if you're looking for a movie that's really going to stick with you, I think this would be the one of the three. And I hope that uh, that you see that when you when you cast your votes tonight. All right. Well, with that, let's move into our our voting round. So yeah, we will basically be. Uh, you know, muting ourselves and turning our cameras off within our Discord chat to cast our vote to you, the loyal listeners at home, uh, before we reveal our votes via written paper after the after our votes have been read aloud. So, uh, do you want to, Samir? Do you want to go up first? Ooh, are you ready? Or... <laughs> yeah, I can go. Uh, okay. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> For this episode, um, you know, while. While it may be easy for Corey to think that I have it out for him because I recommended or my movie to vote out last time was um, Memories of a Murder. But I think there's a lot to like in Margaret. You know, there's there's a lot of really good stuff. There's a lot of really great scenes. Um, You could probably take like five or ten minute clips of this and it would probably win like a like an indie film festival somewhere as like at the short film contest because it's so um rich i think that that's the best word i can use to describe some of what's going on here rich and it's very dynamic and um i think there is a lot of complicated stuff going on the question i still am left with is that is there a lot is there too much going on in this movie um is it too much for the movie to handle in terms of all the different sprawling subplots? I think that it could be using a lot more focus and there's a lot more efficient way to get from point A to point B. 
um, while still delivering some of that emotional punch and um, exploring some of the ideas this movie does. So, I'm sorry, Corey, but uh, I think my pick is going to be Margaret Bird. Tonight, on the penultimate episode before our finals, I am making a power move, and I am voting Dane Holtz out. I realized that this might be my best shot at getting who I think is the front runner to win out. I don't necessarily think the host is even worse than Margaret. I think they're both pretty equal. Um, I just find that I get more emotional weight from a movie like Margaret. And for once, I was actually convinced that I was actually probably wrong about a movie. I think Margaret is actually pretty impressive. I hope Corey listens to this and doesn't hate me for the, <laughs> like, how mean I was on this episode about the, his movie. Because um, I think Margaret's actually pretty great. But the point is, uh, Dane, I am taking you out in a power move, in a shocking revelation. See ya, sucker. <laughs> Alright guys, so I have been torn about this, really even leading up to announcing this vote. On one hand, you have Your Name, which I felt was pretty disappointing, to be honest. I really did not like the first half of it. Didn't like the ending of it. So you would think that don't, that leaves a very small percentage left for me to enjoy. But I did think the animation was really, really, really beautiful. And I did think there were some cool moments with the it's kind of sci-fi premise, some of the exploration of Japanese culture, and all that jazz. Not my favorite anime film. Not even a film that I enjoyed, or I'd say I liked all that much. But to be honest, I think I'm going to have to vote to eliminate Dane based on the host. And the reason is, I actually enjoyed this film even less. Like, I, I love Bong Joon-ho, but I think this is his weakest film. I found it to just be, like, kind of clunky at times. And in truth, like, I, I don't know, I just, it, while I love his social commentary, I, I talked about it during our, our discussion, uh, I just didn't really buy into this one a little bit. And I think it might be kind of, Similar reasons to Sam, I actually just don't want them. Maybe I thought I did. Like I, to be honest, I always think they sound cool, and I'm underwhelmed by them every single time. So, I have to vote to eliminate Dane and the host. And to be honest, if for no other reason than that, I think this might be my best bet to move on. I'm thinking it's more likely that vote with me than it is that Dane will vote with me against your name. Well, I'm not feeling great about tonight's vote. We'll see though, guys. I vote to eliminate Dane as the host. My name's Dane, and uh, I lost my audio, so I have to do a tribal council vote because I want to get this episode out on uh, Wednesday morning. Um, I vote for Corey's Margaret because I think it's kind of bloated, and I think there's some really great things, and knowing me, I probably complimented it more than I talk shit about it, but uh, in the end, I am voting for Margaret. Well, no, there are no immunity idols in this, so I can't say if anybody has a hidden immunity idol, now would be the time to do so. But I'll read the votes. The person voted out will be asked to leave the Tribal Council area immediately. I'll read the votes. <laughs> are you ready? So in three, two, wait. Cam okay, good. Sam was frozen for me for a sec. I got nervous. Three, two, <laughs> one, reveal. 
It's a tie. Oh, I vote. Wait, I voted Dane. Dane goes home. I did it. I did no! it. Yes. No. Yes. yes. No. Long game. I knew oh, I went man. against Corey, and I knew I had no chance of getting stayed, yeah. so I did the swing Wait, vote. Mine was yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Mine was mine was all. Son of a bitch. I literally said in my uh, in my vote out thing, I was like. I'm I'm doing this because I'm I'm. It's more likely that I'll get Sam to swing against Dane than I would get Dane to swing against Sam. <laughs> In mine, I said I don't even think Dane's is worse than Corey's. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I just want to win. The well, system is rigged. This is Wall Street. Well, ah, I, I did. I fuck the rich. Yeah, hmm. that's that's awesome. I'm really. Oof, I was nervous there. I'm not gonna lie. Came <sighs> close. Yeah, I uh. I didn't get any votes. I was convinced I was going home. Samir, who did you vote anymore. for? Yeah, well, it's kind of funny, Sam, that I think you and I seem to both kind of want to vote for each other, but just chose to vote for Dane. Oh, I vote. God. No, I, I, I demand a recount. This what? election was fraudulent. <laughs> um, Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> if you hear this, uh, I want you on my legal team. I need your sweat. <laughs> oh, my God. The funny uh, part is, I, my initial... My, it's funny about dating back to when, because I'll also say this for our listeners at home, the process of how we pick these, uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny. In our group chat, we do like a three, two, one countdown, and we all announce our films at the same time. So <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't think I would have picked Margaret to go up against these two movies had I known. But, you know, we announce at the same time, so you don't get to you don't really get to see my strategy. If anything, was I was I was going for the Samir vote. I thought that the Mar Margaret would be like the Samir movie. But then I've. I think, I, again, I, like I said earlier in the episode, I'm just a fucking masochist. I need to stop trying to impress Samir because he, he just doesn't like anything, apparently. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm pissed! I said, Dan, Dan, I want to make it clear that I didn't just completely gain the system and vote out a movie that I think was good. I, I actually do think I would, if I, gun to my head, would pick a movie, I would pick Margaret. I just, um... So you did do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. I I didn't. I didn't so, just yeah. totally. I didn't just totally fuck over Dane just to see Dane go home. I'll be honest. I was really split, and I probably like. I I, was, I could have gone either way with your name or uh, or the host, but I saw this exact scenario coming, and I was like, I I there's no way. I knew that no one was gonna vote against your name. I just knew that like. It wasn't yeah, good. I thought I thought you, your name was definitely because for some reason we've definitely established like a halo around anime movies. Like I don't think we we've said anything it even like it was the protected remotely any of the. That's why I thought whenever you pick okay, because because I think I'm the only one that's seen close up out of us. When you originally pick close up and change it to your name, I thought that was. Smartest thing I've ever seen you do because I don't think close up would stand a chance in a in a setting like this. I think it's a good right, movie, okay. but it's Samir. Wait, Samir, um, who did you pick? You picked Margaret. I picked Margaret. Wait, here, let's guys. Let's, 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 it's let's wrap I up the episode and then we'll uh and then we'll like kind of debrief. Or do you want this to all be part of the episode? So wait, because there was a tie. So because there was a tie, Samir gets kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how. Yeah, that's how I survived. I game, this is why I spent the entire day buying stocks and game theory in this fucking <laughs> podcast. Well, I, Guys, this entire episode, Sam figured out how Wall Street manipulates the public, and he manipulated me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this. I mean, like, so 
you know, as a little bit of tease for what's ahead for this podcast, we have a, an exciting episode, I think, in the works. That's uh, uh, very Dane centric. I don't want to say much more than that because I think it'll be a fun, a fun one when we get uh, to it. Such a good one, guys. But, all uh, I'm saying right now is I'm coming for my revenge. I'm coming, <laughs> and it's going to be a reckoning, Sam. I'm going to make you hate. I'm going to make you hate nine hours of your life. <laughs> well, Sam, Sam, it's only fitting that the two Survivor fans did reach the end of the of the Survivor series. Two That's people big. that actually treated it as a competition. As a, as, yeah. yeah, we like, we, 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 we like we refuse to not make it to the end. <laughs> I think it's you know storyline that follows throughout the season, and there's no better storyline than Dane trying to use my strategy against me of <laughs> of riding Bong Joon Ho films to the end, and then it coming back to bite him. Guys, I I have to say I'm more of a Total Drama Island fan than Ooh, I am a Survivor, than I am great a Survivor show. fan. If you're a Total but... Drama Island fan. You're a Survivor fan. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of overlap there. Well, any final thoughts on this? Well, guys, we got an exciting uh, championship ahead. Corey versus Sam. It's a grudge match. It's gonna be a grudge match. It I know. A... I'm gonna be posting smear smear campaigns throughout the week. Trying to de. Uh, I'm torn too. I'm just. I've, I got. I'm just scared because I think I just gave away my Dane vote. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, God. As, as disappointed, as disappointed as I am, I I will remain impartial, uh, as as much as it hurts me, but I will. Uh, I'm very excited to see this next episode. This is going to be a battle of the ages. It will be. I'm Corey. Well, I, I want to. I think I might like you know usually uh, you know just wearing whatever I wore that day. I might come next week in my full Jeff Probst cops costume. Maybe we'll. All, I'm gonna. I won't break character the entire time. Like we're really gonna be sending it up. I'm just gonna be full Johnny Fairplay, like just <laughs> skeevy, just be this a piece was, of this shit. This was the almost time. grandma lie like material with this this uh this vote flip you just did right there. So Sam, I guess we'll wait for tomorrow in the group chat to reveal our, our films. Yeah, yeah. Wait, do you want to just do a final a final yeah. wrap up? Yeah, we'll we will talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts on on today's episode? I, I thought it was a, it was a good one. I I love this series because I think if nothing else, the vote out is absolutely fucking hilarious every time. Bro, that's <laughs> all I can fun. say. That's all I can yeah. say. Well, with that, no comment. Dane, do you have an exit? Do I have an exit speech? Oh yeah, give us yeah, give us a little exit speech. Yeah. Dane. Give us your goodbye. So it's going to be very difficult next week not to just uh, have a predetermined Sam vote uh, logged in my mind. But I mean, I'm going to try and remain as uh, objective as possible. But um, I'm coming for you, Sam. You, you oh, won't know God. when. It, it, I'll be fair next episode, but I'm coming for you. All right. Well, with that, this has been It's All Filming Games Survivor Series Part 2. I am Corey, but more importantly, I am moving on to next week. Alongside me is Sam, who will be, who will be showing down with me. Then there's Samir and Dane, our, our lovely jury members. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. That was great.